This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Know what's happening? It's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. It's the championship edition, guys. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Brian Baldinger and uh, Baldy. Man, we finally made it to the championship week. We are a couple of weeks away from the Super Bowl, which obviously I can't wait. But these games this weekend and what we're looking at: Bengals at Chiefs. Eagles, 49ers, and 49ers travel to the Eagles. I think that's going to be a slobber knocker, man, with the defenses and how that could play out. But I want to start first with the injury to Patrick Mahomes. Everybody's watching it, Baldy. We don't know. I'm not sure if anybody really knows how healthy this thing's going to be going into Sunday. I saw him talk to uh, the media yesterday and saying, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm going to play. We know Patrick's going to play. But, Baldy, how effective is he going to be? He looks a lot better now, Carl. I mean, just watching him, you know, just in stretch and kind of jogging on the field yesterday. I thought he looked a lot better yesterday, which was Wednesday. We're taping this on Thursday. I thought he looked a lot better Wednesday than any point after the injury on Sunday. And then talking to some reporters, Carl, that were in the locker room after the game. I mean, honestly, he was telling me and us yesterday at the NFL Network that the Chiefs weren't doing anything special. Like, he's in the shower with his slippers on. He comes out. He puts his shoes on. He's walking out of the – like, the, you know, the treatment, you know, it started. But it wasn't like there was, like, some mass um, panic about the condition of his ankle between him and the team. Now, I, I feel like by the time we get to Sunday, Carl, unless there's a setback along the way, which I don't think Andy Reid would allow, um, I, I think we're going to see somebody that's still pretty effective. Like, he, he might not – run around as much as he sometimes does, or he might not, you know, like he did against Tennessee, make guys stutter and stop and score touchdowns on the scrambles a couple of years ago. But I think he's going to be pretty good. I think they'll build a game plan. I said this yesterday, Carl, I think the game plan will be implemented day by day, looking at, you know, the severity, what he's capable of doing, what he isn't. Like, I don't know if bootlegs are in right now or sprint right options, those kind of plays that we've seen him run over the last five years. But I, I feel like this is – we're going to build this thing uh, day by day up till Sunday. And I think by the time we get to Sunday afternoon uh, in Kansas City, he's going to be around 90%. Baldy, I'll take a, a 90%, an 85%, an 80% of a Patrick yeah. Mahomes Me over too. half the league's quarterbacks, right, just because – of his his inability or his his natural knack, should I say, to make those plays yeah. that a lot of quarterbacks can't make. 
here's the thing that I think is going to be a big factor. And I want to get your thoughts on it because I watched the Bengals destroy the Bills with their run game. I think they broke them off for a buck 70, buck 72. It was big. It was huge. And I think, Baldy, based on how these defenses rank, I've got Eagles one, 49ers two, Bengals three. This is just in my head. And then the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have the fourth worst defense, which is, you know, again, all these defenses are really good, but the fourth of, of, the, of the, the four that are left. Yeah. And I think the Bengals are going to be able to run the ball against the Chiefs. And I want to get your thoughts about this because Burrow, you know, the success he's had against them, I'm trying not to look at that and say Burrow's just going to put the team on his back. They still have to be able to run the ball effectively. Will they be able to? Not like they did against Buffalo. I mean, they pushed Buffalo all over the place. I mean, everybody that the storyline coming into last Sunday's game, last weekend's game, was the three backup offense linemen for the Bengals. You know, what would Jackson Carmen do in his first NFL start at left tackle? Well, he, you know, we never mentioned his name the whole game, which is a pretty good sign. Like he didn't commit foolish penalties and he held his own out there and he pushed guys around pretty good. Buffalo has been pushed around defensively, you know. Pretty regularly. Cincinnati got off, got after. Him. I don't think they could quite do that against Kansas City. There's Chris Jones in the middle. You just don't piss, you know, push Chris Jones around. Um, they've got enough horses. And Nick Bolton can run with the best of the linebackers in this league. I, I I feel like they've got enough to contain the Bengals where they're not picking up eight and ten yards of crack, like we saw them do last week. I, I don't I don't think I don't see that kind of a run game. But I will say this, Carl. Like the stat that blows me away, we know the Bengals have beat the Chiefs three times in a row. In those three games, Carl, the Bengals have turned the ball over one time. Mm. The Chiefs have not been able to take the ball away. In the last game we saw in week 13, the biggest play of the game was when the linebacker for the Bengals, Jermaine Pratt, ripped the ball out of Travis Kelsey's hand in the fourth quarter. Bengals got the ball back, went down, scored. Chiefs couldn't answer the bell. I, you know – we talk about run game. It's going to come down to turnovers in this game and who, who commits them and who doesn't, who takes it away. I, I feel like these, these teams are very evenly balanced. Um, I think that's worth, you know, that's, that's a turning point in this game. I, I, I've said it all week, Baldy. I like the Bengals before the point spread moved. And we're going to talk to Nick Costos coming up yeah. here in just a little bit, but, but I like the Bengals and, and I don't know why I keep saying this, right. And, and, I want to tell you that they're better. Okay, they're not really. You said it. They're evenly matched. Well, the quarterback's so much better. Well, he's not. He's playing Patrick Mahomes who's going to win the MVP. You know, everything that I want to say, the reason why I believe the Bengals are going to win this game, it's hard for me to express it because it really is on the margins, right? It's like you could say that about the, the Chiefs, the same things I'm going to say about the Bengals. But there is something that I want to point out. And, Baldy, this is why I think I like the Bengals. Okay. I do think Joe Burrow has something. <laughs> and I don't know what the hell it is. Well, I don't know what it is, Baldy, but I like this dude. He's becoming my favorite quarterback. And I'm not a Bengals fan. I watch them, you know, just like we do for our business, right? Yes. I want interesting, fun games. I yeah. want entertaining games. But damn, every time I watch this guy, I'm like, he's got something. Yeah, he does. You know what it is? Uh, well, one of the things that he has is he's got pinpoint accuracy. On timing, he mm. doesn't run around. He, he you know, he, look, he, he made a touchdown throw to Jamar Chase. He had to kind of step up in the pocket, you know, Jamar on, you know, for that first touchdown last week. But 
by and large, he sets his feet and he throws the ball. Like it is, it comes out fast. Now, one of the things that we have to watch in this game is for whatever the reason, I'm not sure why, the Chiefs are playing their best corner, Legarius Sneed, in the slot. Why? Well, Do we know. So, I mean, look, to me, if you got Jamar Chase and you got T. Higgins, you better have your best corner. Now, they've got two rookie corners out there Trent McDuffie, the first round pick out of Washington, and Jalen Watson, who got an interception against Trevor Lawrence last week, their seventh round pick out of Washington State. They got two rookies out there. I, you know, just knowing, not just looking and watching Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins these last two years. I mean, these guys are sitting in the film room going, I want them. Just give them to me. Like, just, just throw it out there, Joe. I'll get it. Right. This, this seventh round pick ain't beating me. He might be Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I, he's not beating us. That that's kind of how I look at this matchup. Like it's like you could talk about the run game, and it might be that, Carl. I'm, I'm not dismissing that at all. Uh Joe Mixon didn't play week 13. He looked healthy as hell, looked like a real horse last week. Uh, and Samaj P. Ryan as well. But I just look outside and I go, all right. For whatever reason, Legarius, if, if he's in the slide, he's got Tyler Boyd. Jamar Chase lives on the edges. Like, there's nobody he can't beat in this business. I just think T. Higgins and Jamar Chase out this, the ball's going outside. And yeah. to your point about Joe Burrow, I mean, Joe's not going to fool around. He's going to take a step and he's going to throw it out there and let these guys go up and get it. And I, I it might be for, for much of the game, it might be that simple, whether it's third and six, first and 10, red zone. Here we go. Let, we're, we're, we're taking our shots. Baldy, I know you know Spags really well. What is he? I know he's watching this film, right? This last week, he's going, damn, all right. What are we going to do? You, you may not stop him, just like the, the Bengals may not stop the Chiefs. They'll be scoring in this game. But how do yeah. you slow him down in those third down situations? How the hell do we get off the field when we need to get off the field and get the ball back? What is Spags going to scheme up, do you think? Well, I mean, look, first of all, Spags has looked at those three games in the stat I just said. They've, they've gotten Cincinnati turned over one time in three games, Carl. You're going to win a lot of games when you turn over once every three games. So he's got to do something to shake Burrow up. And he can't rely on Chris Jones to win inside. I mean, he can, and he will at times. Um, I said it yesterday on the air that Joe Burrow could get sacked five times this game. They, they're still going to win the game. Like, I don't think it's about sacks. But it's about if, can they affect Joe to force him to either get the ball, you know, like we saw Dak last week, ball pops up, you know, here's Fred Warner. Like, can they get tip balls? Can they, can they hit Joe where the ball's not going to where he wants to throw it? Like, they've got to affect Joe. So whether that's Legarius Sneed off the slot, real, I mean, this guy's a 4-3-40 guy, speed off the slot like we saw Michael Hilton last week hit Josh Allen. Yep. Like, whether it's those type of blitzes off the slot, which it's a shorter distance, you got a fast guy coming. He, like they feel like he's going to go the other way, and we hit him from the other side. Like I feel like he. I've known Spags a long time. Like you get to the red zone, Carl. Um, field goals over touchdowns. Like you're going to get zero blitzes. Like they're going to take their chances. Now Joe's going to anticipate that. Jamar's going to anticipate that. Like they're all going to anticipate it once they get around the twenty. Um, try to get the ball out hot. Try to get like uh, an incompletion, whatever it is. Um, that, that that that's a game within a game with Spags versus Burrow in those type of situations. Let's shift gears, Baldy. Talk about Eagles 49ers. Nick Costos is going to join us, guys, to talk about the betting aspect of this weekend's championship games on In the Huddle here in just a little bit. Again, subscribe Tuesdays, Thursdays. We put new episodes out. We'd love for you to tell your friends, like us, 
We talk all things football, all off, all the through the season and all offseason, guys. And we got a lot of offseason stuff that's already brewing. Baldy, if there's any team that's built to slow down the Eagles, it's the 49ers. Now, all year, my friend, you've been talking about Fred Warner. You've been talking about Dre Greenlaw. You've been talking about uh, uh, Al Sharper. All these guys that that this linebacking core for the 49ers, which, by mm-hmm. the way, I think might be the best linebacking core in the league. Do you agree? Yes, I do agree. Okay. They're built, and then you add Bosa, right, up front. All these, they're built to maybe slow down this Eagles offense and give Jalen problems. Baldy, can they? How do they do it? Well, they, it's, it's, it goes two ways. Like, they, they played Justin Fields week one, and Chicago won that game. It was in a monsoon, Carl. I mean, it's five months ago. But, um, you know, they, they haven't really – they haven't seen a guy like Jalen. They didn't see Kyler Murray this year. You know, they didn't see Lamar. Like, they, they haven't seen that guy this year. Um, and it's a confident Jalen Hurts, a guy that you have to respect, whether it's a design run, it's a scramble, it's a scramble to throw – um, the, the the options that he has, like he's going to test their defense. But the one thing I see from the 49ers is that linebacking core. And you got to add uh, Talanoa Fanga in the middle there too, because he walks up like these guys, first of all, they're super fast side to side, but they're not skaters. They're attackers, Carl. Mm. They attack the line of scrimmage. And so we're, we're like the giants were just, they were tired. They were sluggish. They don't have linebackers, and, and the Eagles chewed them up for 268. That's not going to happen. So backside block, I always say this in a run game, Carl. Backside blocks are as important as frontside blocks. You know, if if let's just say, can Isaac Sayamalo or Lane Johnson, can they get to those linebackers flowing? Well, good luck, because <laughs> nobody has been able to. Like, they're the number one defense for a reason. Like, they flow, attack, they scheme. The one thing I, I see, though, Carl, is if you extend plays for a long time or if you block the front up, you get the ball over their heads. Like, you, we have just seen it. We've seen it week one, Justin Fields, you know, like making a throw in Dante Pettis on the other side of the field, touchdown. Like, if you can block them up, you could get the ball over their heads. Big plays have hurt this defense. Like, it does all defenses. The big plays down the field, you got to execute it. But Jalen Hurts is an awesome deep thrower. And A.J. Brown and – you know, Devontae Smith, like those yeah. guys can get over the top and down the field. We've seen it against almost every team in the league this year. So on the other side uh, of the ball, when you talk about the Eagles defense, I think this is the first time that I think we're going to see Purdy struggle. Um, and I, I want to see him play well because it's a great story. But I don't know if he's seen a defense like what he's about to face with the Eagles. And so, you know, when you're when you're racking up sacks like they have, Baldy, right? They led the league in sacks. I, you know, they had what? They had a, five last week. So yeah, they had 75, 75 and 18 games, Carl. It's nuts. And yeah, five against Daniel Jones, who can yeah. move, right? Who can yes. who can maneuver. I don't know if Purdy is going to be able to do some of the things he's been able to do. So I'm looking at this from the Eagles standpoint. You feel like I feel like they're gonna get pressure. How do you how do you account for that if you're Kyle Shanahan? Because you know they're coming. You know they're going to make him feel uncomfortable. Well, so I mean, Kyle's up around the clock right now, trying to figure this. It's a good under. <laughs> it is. Um, they, they got th- you know three through their defensive linemen have ten plus sacks. Go four of their defensive linemen have ten plus sacks. Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, 
Hassan Reddick, you know, is one of the best in the league. And those four have 10 plus, not to mention Fletcher Cox. And, the, and, and on the biggest play of the game last week, they blitzed Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, free hitter to Daniel Jones, gets the ball out. There's James Bradbury uh, with the interception. So you know, they, they have, they can beat you with their front four. Uh, they're the only really true five-man defensive line in the NFL. They 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 line up and not just to stop the run. They line up five so they get five one-on-one rushers getting at the quarterback. If somebody breaks down, whether it's McGlinchey, Aaron Banks, you know Burford, whoever it is, if they break down, you're going to get quick pressure. Now, what we saw last week, Carl, was pretty interesting. The Cowboys' defense is lightning fast. I mean, it starts with Micah, but you know Leighton Vander Esch, Donovan Wilson, they got guys that can fly. And it really bothered the 49ers' offense for most of the game. They started running it a little bit better in the second half. But, you know, they, they scored one touchdown against the Cowboys. And the Eagles, to your point, I think are better. I don't know if they're as fast, Carl, but they're built to crush the pocket way better than the Cowboys. So what we saw from Brock Purdy last week was a lot of throwaways, a lot of scrambles to buy time. He, he couldn't set his feet against Micah when he was chasing him. He just threw the ball away. And he's, he's, he's been good at that. Just throw the ball away. Get to the next down. Well, okay. You do that once in a series. I don't know if you can do that twice. So they better be able to run it. You know, and that's the challenge right now is can the 49ers run the ball in a variety of ways? I mean, whether it's Debo on fly sweeps, which McCaffrey, just sort of some swing routes. Like they got to be able to, to, to be able to pierce the Eagles in the run game. And what happens, Carl, is if you play a five-man defensive front, they play T.J. Edwards and a safety behind it. They're a little bit light behind it. Yeah. If you can get some creases, you got to be patient. But if you get some creases, you can get to the safe, the deep safeties. And so that's you know that's one of the things the 49ers have got to concentrate on this week. I got to tell you guys, the star power in this Eagles 49er game is unbelievable. Like when you start looking at the all pros, the pro bowlers, the name brands on both sides, it's like this is a who's who in football right now. You know, the, these teams are stacked. I'm looking forward to a great game. Baldy, I, I got to ask you, though, um, this is an interesting question, and we're going to bring Nick in here in just a little bit. Looking at the ages of these quarterbacks that are in the uh, championship games, Patrick Mahomes is 27. He's already won a Super Bowl. Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. He's 26. Jalen Hurts is 20. Four, Brock Purdy's 23. It's the first time, check that, second time since 1996 that all four quarterbacks are under the age of 28. Back in 96, Baldy, it was Favre. He was 27. Bledsoe was 24. Mark Brunel was 26. And Kerry Collins was 24. And the point I'm bringing up is we're seeing the torch being passed, aren't we? I mean, listen, Brady made the playoffs. Aaron was out. You look at these guys, and yes, they've all been great. I don't know if Brady ends up somewhere else. we got plenty of time to talk about that, or if Aaron stays in Green Bay. But all of these guys, especially the top three, I'm not sure about Purdy and the long-term plans with 49ers. I have to believe he's going to be their guy. But Mahomes and Burrow and Hurts aren't going anywhere, and they're not 27, 26, and 24. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point, Carl. I mean, I go all the way back, and I know you do too, Carl, but 1984 was Joe Montana against Dan Marino. I mean, Marino was in his second year, and Joe was in his, I don't know, fifth year. Yeah. Uh, they were this. They were that group. Now, you know, they're all in the Hall of Fame. Um, but you're right. Look, no, no disrespect to Aaron Rodgers, of course, or, or Tom Brady, but this is a young man's game. 
And it's young in a lot of different ways. It's young because it's good to be youthful. It's good to bounce back, you know, just the vibrancy and the, 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 but it's also about team building and chemistry. Like I'm in Philly, Carl, I'm around Jalen. I know how that team has molded and how Jalen is the undisputed leader. You just have to watch Joe Burrow walk into a locker room, walk onto the field. You know who the leader of the team is and you know how the, everybody on the entire organization looks up to him. And it's the same thing with Patrick. You know, I mean, they run the organization, Carl. When you say the face of it, they run it. It's all them. They they have all of the skills necessary to convert third down, score touchdowns, win big games, go on the road, win playoff games. They all can do that. We'll, we'll, we'll find out about Brock. But this is, this is important. You know, if you're looking for a quarterback right now, if you're the Jets, okay, and you've got Brees Hall – and you've got Sauce, and you've got you know Wilson, uh, Garrett Wilson. You've got these young players. Do you want a forty-year-old quarterback walking into your locker room saying, "Come on, guys, follow me"? I, I you, to me, you got to build this thing the right way. Build it for the long haul, and the way Mahomes is building this thing. That we were watching Joe Burrow build it with Jamar and T. You know, in this group, like grow together. Like growth is important. Grow it together, find, whether it's Zach Wilson, you know, I don't know. But, like, find your young guy the way – because that's the formula. Jalen Hurts, like, everything he does is about the team. But he's he's 25 years old, 24 yeah. years old. He's, he's yeah. one of the guys. Like, they're all – you know, they all can relate to each other. I think it's important. I do, too. Um, and, you know, the Jet situation is, is interesting. I keep hearing that same thing you are with – whether Aaron would go there or not, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we'll talk about it as we get to the offseason. As we said, we got a lot of offseason decisions to be made. But I, I'm I'm just looking at this and I'm going, the torch is officially being passed. And you're right. Look, at look, Mahomes, he lost the cheetah. He's about to win the MVP. There's been well, no I mean, fall off. I mean, five straight AFC championship games at home, Carl. Five number one seeds with this guy. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, he's the best player in the league now. He's hampered this week. We'll find out what he can do. But he gives you, a ch- like, not just a chance, like the expectations right? every single year. Now, once you get that guy, you just keep building. You know, you just keep adding pieces. You know, that's what Cincinnati is doing. You know, that's what San Francisco has been doing. If they can, if it, whether it's Brock Purdy or Trey, they're still on rookie contracts. They're going to pay Nick Bosa this offseason. They're going to pay, you know, if you just look at the 49ers, and you mentioned the star power. Like, if you just go, Debo, I don't know if he's the highest paid receiver, but he's up there. You, you look at Christian McCaffrey, okay, Trent, Trent Williams, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa. I mean, you're talking about five or six of the very best people at their positions in the league on their team. Like, not many teams can afford that, but you can on a rookie contract. Yeah, and, and you know what's crazy, Baldy? I mean, we'll talk about this. We're going to get Nick Costos on here in just a sec, guys. Talk about the betting aspect of this yeah. weekend's championship games. But, you know, there are certain positions, and we'll get into this conversation when we get past the Super Bowl, because sure. I, I want to I pick your brain on this. There are certain positions you absolutely have to get right. Yep. Beyond quarterback. That's a given, right? Yeah. But you're talking about, like, Trent Williams. If you don't get left tackle right, mm-hmm. your team's going to suffer. Yep. I mean, I, I'm watching Lane Johnson last week with the Eagles, right? He's a right tackle. I, he doesn't – Thibodeau doesn't do anything against no. this guy. Invisible. It was Invisible. unreal how, yeah. how dominant – Lane was well, not just not just the left tackle. You got to get the offensive line right. 
you know, the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl against Tampa three years ago, Carl, and Patrick Mahomes running for his life. Okay, we all watched it. It was kind of hard to watch, you know. They go out, draft Creed Humphrey in the second round, go out and draft Trey Smith in the sixth round, go and uh, sign Joe Tooney, okay, in free agency, and trade for Orlando Brown. They rebuilt their offense line in one year. They added resources to it. They hit gold at the center right guard position. And that those four guys line up every single Sunday, Carl, every Sunday. You could debate whether Zeus is, you know, is he a, is he a really, you know, lockdown left tackle. Well, you want Zeus on your team, I, you know, whether he's left tackle or not. You, you want him on your team. He starts the fight. He finishes the fight. He brings it every day. He never misses a play. Um, they, they rebuilt it in one year, Carl. You know, now, you know, Mahomes was on his rookie contract. It helps all that stuff. But you, you got to get that that group right, period. You would know. <laughs> and by the way, uh, if you've not checked out Baldy's Breakdowns, make sure you check those out. They're a lot of fun. I love the fact you always add little tidbits in there like Andrew Thomas, you know, a couple of weeks ago where he's in the background and he's he's like, yeah, when Saquon broke the run, you yeah. know. It's those little things that you don't pick up during the game that you watch that you yeah. see how Thank important you. these little pieces are, man. Yeah. I mean, and Saquon, that particular run, you know, he had one little alley right there he had to break through. And I love the way that you broke that down. Thank but you, you do a great job of that. Check out Baldy's Breakdowns. All right, guys. Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger. It's in the huddle. Jason Lock on four as well, a part of this podcast. We do it Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're getting ready for the championship games. We're about to bring on Nick Costos here to talk about the betting angle. Now, if you're curious, and I'll tell Nick this, I like the Bengals. I like the Eagles. All right? That's where I'm at. I just think the 49ers are going to have a tough time going in there and winning but nick joins us make sure you check out his podcast you better you bet i went on there last week had a great time with the fellas uh going into the divisional round last sunday and nick it's good to have you back on i want to start though with this burrow three and oh against Mahomes. everybody's looking at this i know the line has moved i want you to explain what happened at the beginning of the week now we're thursday and all of a sudden the chiefs are back favored i think it's one point what's going on yeah, first, great to be on with you and Carl. You killed it on the show last week. We'd love to have you on the show this past Sunday. Baldy comes on every week, so great to be on here with you guys. So really interesting movements um, as far as, like, the point spread of this game is concerned. And even if, like, you're not a big better or if, like, you're not, like, in tune with betting markets, I think what I'm going to say is, is going to make a lot of sense. So if Patrick Mahomes were fully healthy, right, so, like, the high ankle sprain never happens, Kansas City beats Jacksonville. Cincinnati beats Buffalo. Kansas City probably is like a three and a half point favorite in this game. Kansas City favored by more than three against Cincinnati. But because of what we saw in the game, right? Mahomes with the high ankle sprain, the reporting coming out that it is confirmed it's a high ankle sprain, even with no further damage. Coupled with how well Cincinnati looked and dominating Buffalo on Sunday. Coupled with Carl, as you said, Cincinnati basically beating Kansas City three straight times over the course of the last calendar year or so, pushes Cincinnati to be a favorite in the game. And I said on you better you bet on monday my expectation is until we get more information there's no reason why if cincinnati is going to be a one-point favorite that they wouldn't just get bet up to minus two and a half so for people that say oh well like one to two and a half that's an interesting move like it's not in a game with two offenses like this and a total in the high 40s that may finish in the low 50s by the time it's all said and done the game is extremely unlikely to land on the numbers one or two just very unlikely possible, but that's more likely in a game with a total of like 36, right? With like a lot more field goals, right? Where you it could land in that range, where unlikely that it would land one or two. So like Cincinnati minus two and a half is ostensibly the same thing as Cincinnati minus one or like Kansas City minus one. 
So it's basically still just pick the winner of the game at all of these points. But Kansas City now sits as a favorite. And Carl, why is that true? Because yesterday on Wednesday, you know, Andy Reid does his press conference and says Patrick Mahomes will practice in full today. Mahomes talks to reporters at his press conference and says, I'm going to practice. Then like walks off and we have the video of him walking, like being broken down and analyzed like the Sapruder <laughs> film. Before practice, Mahomes is stretching with Travis Kelsey. We've got like everyone's breaking down, like how's he looking stretching. And then we wait on the practice report, which comes out around like 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. Full practice. No limited designation, no injury status for Patrick Mahomes. So now people are like, okay, like I think we have hit like the like the information that we're going to get here in this game as it regards Mahomes. My expectation is we will get no new information here on Mahomes. Now, I could be wrong. Something could come out. He regresses. We'll see. But my thought is if Mahomes practices in full on Wednesday, why wouldn't he practice in full on Thursday? Why wouldn't he practice in full on Friday? So, like, we are not going to get any new information here. Like, that is it. Like, we have the information. So then we also have in tow, like, 2019, and Andy Reid has referenced this, right? The high ankle sprain Mahomes suffered in the season opener against Jacksonville and Nick Foles. You know, week, week two, Kansas City played the Raiders. Mahomes, 443 passing yards. Week three, the first, like, Lamar-Mahomes duel against the Ravens, 373 passing yards. So, like, Mahomes isn't going to have the mobility, like the Houdini escapability that helps make him such a singular talent, but he's still going to be able to throw the football here. And I think now people are like, all right, like, Kansas City should probably be favored in the game. Now, never minus three. That's never going to happen. Like the first key number up. We will never get there. Cincinnati would get bet immediately just because of skepticism about Mahomes. But I think we're in the right range now where Kansas City deserves to be a small favorite in the game. So just like Carl and Baldy, my betting advice for people, like I can give my opinion. My opinion is that Kansas City should be favored in the game. But like the best betting advice, if you like Kansas City, the time to bet it is now. Because like the number will probably trickle up a little bit as we approach game time. Again, if the information is going to remain static, like nothing else is going to change. And also, the total will be bet up. Why? Because if Mahomes is going to be good, more scoring is going to be expected in the game. So Chiefs and over, like do not wait to place those bets. That's where we started, Carl, and that's how we got to where we're at right now on Thursday. Are the Bengals flat out better? I don't think so, but I mean, like, I'm willing to be wrong. That's just, like, my opinion, right? I think Kansas City's better. I, But then again, like, you know, like, I, I may have a blind spot for Cincinnati. Um, longtime listeners of You Better You Bet will know. We bet against the Bengals, my co-host Ken Barkley and I, against the Raiders they covered, against the Titans they covered, against the Chiefs they covered. We we beat the, the, the market in all three games, and still they still covered the spread, which was brutal. And then bet Buffalo last week and had Buffalo Futures, and Cincinnati obviously kicked their asses in the game, like dominated from start to finish. So maybe this is a blind spot for me with Cincinnati, and Cincinnati's just going to go in there and handle business against Kansas City. I still think there's a difference between these teams. And Baldy, you did a great job. On Wednesday on You Better You Bet bringing this up. Buffalo got no pass rush. None against Cincinnati. And we could say, oh, well, like the snow kind of neutralized things. I don't know. I thought Cincinnati's defensive line looked pretty good. Like Buffalo's defensive players, like without Von Miller, like these young pass rushers just didn't step up to the plate. I think it's going to be a different story this week with Kansas City's pass rush. Kansas City's got a better rush, Nick. You know, the one thing I was telling Carl, you go back to these three games, everybody wants to look to these three games over the past year you know, between Kansas City and Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati doesn't turn the ball over against them. They've turned over the ball over one time. You go in the snow, and those conditions last week in Buffalo, you don't come close to throwing one bad ball, putting the ball on the ground where somebody else is recovering it for you. Like, they, they take care of the football. Like, they are not sloppy. And they're not going to be sloppy this week. Now, you know, maybe one of these young offensive linemen 
regresses Jackson Carmen or, you know, whether it's, you know, Max Sharping against Chris Jones, I, you know, that might happen this week. You know, I mean, I think Steve Spagnuolo's got to do something to just literally shake Joe Burrow up. Like they got to do something. Like if you just let that guy get in the rhythm and attack these two rookie corners, like it, it's going to look like what we saw maybe last week, at least offensively. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I think Patrick Mahomes in their offense is much better than Buffalo's. I think Buffalo just looks really stale with what they're doing. You just can't want Josh Allen to run around and just make these hero type plays. Like that's, it, it sounds like, it looks like that's what they kind of look around and do. Let's shift gears and talk about the Eagles before we get out of here. Um, I, I cannot in my, my right mind bet against the Eagles in this situation. That's how I feel. You say bet how you feel. That's how I feel. But I need to know from you, are there any prop bets going into this game, Eagles, 49ers, that you might be looking at? Because maybe a lot of people feel like I do. They go, well, it's Eagles. If I'm not betting Eagles, I'm not betting 49ers on the road because Purdy hasn't shown me anything on the road. What about these prop bets? Are there anything that's out there that makes makes sense? And Carl, I'll say this. If you like the Eagles, like I would look to bet this sooner rather than later also. It's basically close to hitting three Eagles minus two and a half. And you would rather bet Eagles, obviously, minus two and a half than minus three. And just like quickly on that and why I think that's the case. Like injury stuff is could potentially like give San Francisco, like people would want to bet the Niners. And I know that McCaffrey and Debo don't practice on Wednesday. Kyle Shanahan also told reporters like they're both going to play. Debo mm. told reporters he's going to play. So if like they both practice in full on Thursday along with Elijah Mitchell, it's not going to be like betters like, oh my God, they're all going to play. We didn't think they were going to. Like we know they're going to play in the game already. So I kind of think like this point spread's only going in one direction. And I think it's up towards Philly. So so if you like the Eagles, I would look to bet it now. If you like San Francisco, I would look to wait a little bit. As far as prop bets go for this game, A.J. Brown practicing in full on Wednesday is a big deal for the Eagles. And if he continues to practice in full and is looking good, no injury designation, I think that's the way Philly's going to have a lot of success here. And, like, Baldy, you did a break, great job breaking this down on You Better You Bet with the way, like, like uh, both defensive lines are going to look in this game, right, where – Philly is not going to be able to run the ball for a million yards like it did against the Giants on Saturday night against San Francisco. And how can you beat this Niners defense? Like, you can throw on them a little bit. Dak, Dak missed some throws, had other opportunities, beat them over the top. Like, yep. why, why, why can't Jalen do that if A.J. Brown's fully healthy and Devontae Smith are fully healthy? So for me, I would look away from kind of like, Miles Sanders and the Philadelphia run game, even Goddard if Fred Warner is going to be on him. Like Fred Warner's obviously good enough to cover CeeDee Lamb. We saw that last week. And I would look to the two boundary receivers for the Eagles, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And for San Francisco, and we talked about this last week, the Giants were never going to have success in the passing game against Philly on the perimeter, right? With Bradbury and Slay with their receivers, Hodgins and Slayton. Now, Richie James had a level of success over the middle of the field where Howie Roseman does a great job, Eagles GM with team building. But I think kind of like, the off-ball linebacker strong, like safety is like, that's kind of like an area of weakness that you can attack. And like, I think they've correctly diagnosed, like had a team build, right? Because they're awesome. But I think it's going to leave the middle of the field a little susceptible here. And where the Giants couldn't hit them, San Francisco is going to be able to with Kittle, with Debo Samuel, and with Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield here. So for me, it's less like Brandon Ayuk on the perimeter, potentially. If Ayuk's in the slot, it's a different story. And more like San Francisco's focused attack over the middle. I want no part of Mitchell and McCaffrey rushing yards against this Eagles defensive line, which is built but they're there to stop the run, basically, and also rush the passer. I think this is going to be a lot of Purdy gets the snap, holds the ball for a second, and tries to throw it to one of these after-the-catch wizards over the middle. So it's Kittle and Debo and McCaffrey receiving yards would be where I would look as far as the on-field handicap goes. 
I love it, man. We got to get out of here. I know you've got stuff to do. He's got stuff to do. I've got stuff to do. Go on. We got to get ready for the championship games. Nick, tell the people where they can follow you and check out the podcast. Yep, I'm on Twitter at the Costos, T-H-E-K-O-S-T-O-S. You Better You Bet is the show, 3 to 7 p.m. weekdays. Search You Bet wherever you find your podcast, odyssey.com, the app, YouTube, and Twitch, radio stations nationwide. And uh, we're on Sunday morning, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern nationally, getting you set to bet and hopefully win on Championship Sunday. Cannot wait, guys. Nick, thanks again. Baldy, we'll talk next week. Guys, we'll be talking Super Bowl. Who's going to the Super Bowl? We're about to find out on Sunday. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here in the huddle. Subscribe Tuesdays and Thursdays. We put out new episodes. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you next week.